What's going on, man? It's Brett Romberg here hanging out out the huddle podcast. I know we missed a week last week, but that was because it was special circumstances. That was because it was the old man's birthday last week. And I apologize to everybody out there that was waiting on it, waiting on that out the huddle podcast. But man, I had so much going on. I had family that flew into town. I got a lot of people coming to visit. I had a fishing mission I had planned for Friday afternoon and all day Friday morning. So it was one of those things where you just had to Sit tight and understand that old Rom Doggy had a little bit going on that weekend. So, unfortunately, that's the only situation I got going on with the Virginia game as well, man. The Miami Hurricanes end up taking it to the freaking Virginia Cavs, man. I had Chris Long on, a beautiful alumnus from from the University of Virginia who gave us some nice, nice tidbits when it came to my radio show on last week. I had him on as a guest talking about some of the defensive players that they had on that team, some of the wide receivers that were supposed to be star-studded, and obviously Perk, their quarterback. So uh, I don't know what everybody else thought. I don't know what everybody else saw. Uh, I know what I saw. I saw a different team playing on Saturday. I saw a different defense. I saw Manny Diaz's hand getting placed upon the Bible, which is the Miami Hurricane top-ranked defense in the country over the last couple years, and I feel like Manny ended up coming back in. Basically, uh adding a little bit of Manny Diaz special sauce, if you know what I mean, back into that defense. I know the defensive coordinators there, both Ephraim and Blake, are are, uh, are are doing a great job. But once in a while, man, if, if, if the dad's away from the home front, if daddy ain't home, the kids are going to mess around. And I felt that way strongly for a couple weeks now. That and accompany it with, bless you, that and accompany it with, uh, <laughs> with a little, uh, I guess you could say, false sense of enthusiasm or hope going against our offense for the most part for a couple months. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around the way that we were playing. Not obviously the offense is transparent as hell Our offensive line. There's continuous issues going on, but a lot of that, a lot of what looks like the offensive line has to do with the quarterback has to do with the running back has to do with the tight ends. It, it, it looks pretty discombobulated, especially when people are going the wrong way. And, uh, Trust me, coming from a former player, I understand. I see it. But I also know that there's certain things that should be happening on certain play calls that are not happening. So whether the, the quarterback is messing up the call in the huddle, the running back is 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 messing up his wrong read or or not even blitzing and just going out into a pattern, or or for that matter, the wrong personnel's in the huddle. So there, there's plenty of factors that can happen when it comes to what's going on with the Miami offense especially especially when that is what you're seeing all week long coming off of a bye week not getting good looks on a defense it's just it's one of those things where the playing down to competition thing the the thing that Amon Richards starts talking about when he was on a couple weeks ago that seems like it's happening that seems like it's kind of going on a little bit you know it's like unless you're testing them all week long in practice. And there's only so much a coach can do, like to be perfectly honest. There's only so much Manny and Butch Berry as the offensive line coach can do. It's like, it's almost like you're almost timid now about yelling at the guys because they've been put through so much, like in terms of getting told that they suck or that they're garbage or that they can't block or being called dummies. You know, there's only so much verbal abuse that these young guys are being able to take. And again, am I conforming to the new mentality of the millennial kid where, you know, sensitivity becomes an issue? I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like you got to change, man. Being stubborn and, and being arrogant and saying that things should be going a certain way and not identifying the time is just, 
I feel like that's the definition of uh, of crazy. If you if you perfectly frank, I, I think that you know keep doing the same shit over and over again and expecting a different result. That's that's not exactly what uh, what the University of Miami Hurricanes are all about. So. You know, you, you, you have to come back and bounce back from a horrible, shitty loss against Virginia Tech. And that, that's kind of the part of the reason why I didn't come back out and do another podcast last week is because of the, the lackluster performance. I was so pissed off at that game. like When it was 28 nothing, and we couldn't even put the ball in the end zone, let alone hold on to it when we crossed our own 50, and then giving them the ball every single time past our 50, I just I couldn't handle it anymore. And then... And the icing on the cake is when we were able to get the ball down near the goal line and we ended up throwing a pick. That, amongst so many damn other things, there was just... I understand you want to tell me about the possible second-half comeback, and I know we put ourselves once again in a predicament to possibly win that game. But it's it's one of those things where, you know, like there's only so much a defense can do for an organization year in and year out. I know that we put ourselves offensively in an opportunity, but I also know that our defense has been bailing our ass out now for about two and a half years. So I think this is something that's just wearing thin for a lot of guys, to be honest, man. I I know that battle on both sides of the football, it seemed pretty evident to me against that Virginia Tech Hokie team, man. Like, let alone the head coach was talking shit, basically not threatened by Jaron Williams' arm strength. Um, not threatened by basically anything. If, if you really look at the way he talked about us in post-game and, uh, and leading up to that game, there was nothing threatening about the Miami Hurricanes for the Virginia Tech Hokies and Bud Foster, like, to be honest with you. So not having the podcast last week had a little bit, had a little bit of that in it. So um, a little upset, a little being a baby, um, and, and, just, and just wanting to take a break basically from Miami Hurricane football for a few days. I think... I think that's exactly what I needed. I think that I think it's what the kids need too. To be perfectly honest, a lot of these young dudes have have been grinding, and let's face it, they're, they're not exactly veterans on this team. You know, you're not dealing with juniors and redshirt juniors and seniors. It's it's a lot of young men, especially on the offensive line, when you got a couple puppies starting on your O line on the edges, and, and the guys that are interior aren't much older. So, um, just just looking at that, the age and stuff like that, this season is starting to get long for them. The camp is getting long. The the spring ball is getting long. And the work, the way that they're working in the off season, whether it's with the strength coach or on their own, football is taxing. Football is very taxing. When guys are at home enjoying their summer during college, you know these guys are here working, doing summer session classes, and and working out at three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. So it, it's. I'm, trust me, I'm not. I'm not coddling anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel better about themselves. But, uh, but that Virginia Tech loss and that week leading up to Virginia, I was nervous. And the fact that Vegas had us ahead, they had Virginia as the underdog. I, I didn't understand why. But, goddamn, Vegas always knows something, man. I don't know what the hell they were looking at to figure that number out, but couldn't believe it. Virginia leading the ACC. Playing good football, leading the the conference basically, and 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 possibly number two in the country when it comes to the sack numbers and and dominating up front with the guys that they have, the really good football players that have, it, and going against the challenged offensive line that we are, almost almost dead last in the country when it comes to sacks and the lack lack of discipline with the penalties and all this other stuff. I was I'm be perfectly honest. I was a little nervous going against Virginia going into that game. If you were to want to make me a betting man. I probably wouldn't have bet on the Canes winning that football game, to be honest with you. But uh, but then the head man made the decision to go ahead and get back into the building a little bit more 
and put his hand on that defense, which I don't know if he was being facetious, but I guarantee you that that defensive coordinator, Mr. Blake, we didn't want nothing to do with it. He didn't want nothing to do with it. He, he, he kind of said, yeah, I, I welcome. I welcome Manny to come back in here and see if he could help us out. But um, but Manny even you know, self-admittingly came on my show as well last week, and he was basically talking about how he saw guys that were not making plays the way that they used to make plays. And what he meant by that is these guys were basically dogging it. And they were cheating themselves, cheating the team, cheating their teammate. And he flat out went in there and called them out. He said, I know you can make that play. I've watched you make that play many times. Why the hell aren't you making that play now? So I, th- I think when when the old man comes home from work and he's wants to sit and have a cocktail and he gets a little buzzed up and all of a sudden he's going to figure out why the hell the house is still messy when he's got two or three kids running around and he should still be cleaning the house. I, I think that's basically what happened, to be honest. Um and the kids, I think, enjoyed seeing Manny back in the defensive room. You know, it, it's it's one thing where, you know, Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator, is your buddy and hooting and hollering and high-fiving and chest bumping. But now when he's the head coach and that different hat that he has to wear, it makes things a little bit different. It makes things a little bit different. So the guy that you kind of grew up on and grew up with, freshman year, sophomore year, like Shaq and, and, and Pink and those guys, uh, especially um, – especially those guys and then some you know some of the defensive backfield as well but but uh but but I thought that that having Manny back there and then allowing Russo to start as well I think allowing Greg Russo to start and get his first crack at a few things I think Manny said you know what if you don't want to do it my way I'm going to go ahead and find somebody that is going to do it my way and I think Russo was the guy uh it's going to be neat watching him grow get stronger get bigger get faster tall as hell six foot six long lengthy guy kind of reminds me of uh I guess you could say JT kind of player, Jason Taylor. He's obviously going to get better with his technique, but he was disrupting our offensive line throughout camp. You know, he one-on-ones, he was killing dudes. So um, it got to the point where I thought he was our star defensive end in some of the practices. So, um, but but again, the, the Virginia game, I saw a different sideline. I really did. I saw a different emotion team. Uh, I felt like the guys that were on the bench were into the game. You know, like sometimes when you're playing against some different teams and, you know, you're you're only dealing with the starters for the most part, you might not have the opportunity to play and you might be, you know, third string, you might be a scout team guy. It's hard. It's hard to put in all that work during the week and then come to a stadium and try to be involved and, and encourage your teammates on the sideline and be in the game. Very difficult for a walk-on player or, or a third string guy to just – you know, seven days a week give you everything he's got, especially when he's not able to go ahead and reap a lot of those benefits he put in during the week. So I felt like the sideline was into it. The whole team, coaches, players, uh, even the fan base. I felt like the fan base was a little bit different, kind of feeding off of the electricity that was putting out on the sideline with a lot of the guys. So uh, it, it, it was good to see, to be perfectly honest, but I'm always wondering what that what that type of game looks like now in the future like is this is this the Miami Hurricane team that we thought we were going to be seeing for a long time now like is this the guys is this the guys that we want on Saturday at 12 o'clock against Georgia Tech is, is this what we've been looking for the energy is Manny back in the defensive room as well or did he just do the one and done thing that's a good question man I I, I don't know the way y'all feel about it but but I almost I, I almost want Manny to go ahead and wear the double hat thing you know I I feel like 
it shouldn't take more than one time for the head man to come down and to start barking a little bit, maybe biting a few guys when he gets in there. But I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer right now after what I've seen that Manny needs to stick around in that defensive room a little bit more. Maybe avoid Enos's offensive room a little bit because uh, I feel like I, I enjoyed watching our defense play on Saturday night. Or on Friday night, sorry, uh, against Virginia. So uh, they had an eight days now. You know, you got an eight-day window now to go ahead and prepare for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has always given us problems. You know, they, they've always found a way to run the football, option the football. It, it's, you know, it's a little taboo that the way that they run their offense. So, But it's been the same thing. Same exact style, same exact calling, same exact everything at Georgia Tech when it comes to these yellow jackets and the way the offense operates. The defense is always uh, – has kind of always given us a little bit of a hard time, I guess you can say. I don't, I don't think it was too, uh, too violent of a game when we were playing against those guys for the most part. I think the last time that we ended up playing against them down here, um, we gave them the business. Like it was, it was a pretty bad game. We gave them some business. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this Saturday at noon. It's a high noon game. You know, I already know that the temperature up in Atlanta has changed quite a bit, so it's going to be interesting to start to see that conditioning factor, and Manny touched on it in pregame speech as well about give me everything you got for five minutes, every single thing you have, go balls to the wall, go as hard as you can, and then when those five minutes are up, you'll realize the kind of condition athlete you are and how much in shape you are, all the running we did, all the different things we done during and after practice and before practice. This is the time of year that it starts to pay off. So I think we're looking forward to seeing a more in-shape Miami Hurricane operation this weekend because it's going to be a fast-hitting, quick turnaround game when it comes to playing against the Hokies. I mean, uh, playing against the the Yellow Jackets. So uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing it. And, and one of the things that I was really questioning that going into this one was, what the hell did DJ Williams say? Remember he was bitching and complaining the other week about not being able to get on the sidelines for the game and there's certain rules and regulations that he's not allowed to be on the game, uh, on the sidelines during the game. Well, obviously, obviously they're listening to the Out the Huddle podcast because later on that week, DJ gets a phone call and asking him if they would like to be the go ahead and be the honorary captain of the Miami Hurricanes. Bring the mama on the field, bring the babies on the field, you know, talk to the team the night before, flip the coin, be a team captain, that kind of thing. And it seems like DJ must have said something real nice on the Friday night. So I think DJ Williams crying and, and wiping his tears about not being able to be on the sideline looks like it did well for him. Uh, that, along with a pregame speech and Manny Diaz coming back into the defensive meeting room, I think that's a nice recipe right there for, for, um, for success, really. And again, we could catapult ourselves and keep going, man. We... We have the opportunities. You know, we got, we got plenty of games left. We're still in the running. It's not like our season's lost by any means, but we got a couple big hitters coming up here that usually for the most part you wouldn't think would give the Miami Hurricanes a problem. But at this point in time, at this era of football that the Miami Hurricanes are in, it seems like just about any single team can possibly give us that, that difficult time, that, that struggle moving forward. You know, I, I, I don't think it's going to be – anytime soon either like I, I I'm still wondering on the mentality of this football program and how much stronger it needs to be how much more resilient how much tougher does it need to be 
Only thing I liked really coming out of the opening uh, part of that game last weekend was was the opening drive scoring, taking the f- football all the way down the football field, getting your getting your touchdown. You know I, that that's something that the Miami Hurricanes really haven't done. Like like it's something that's a rarity for these guys. And then turning around on the defense and going three and out and stopping them, getting the ball right back and trying to do some more damage. I'm uh, I'm excited about the fact that. And Kosi Perry lit a spark. I'm wondering what the situation is with Jaron. He's he's practicing now. I guess he's limited. But I didn't see enough of Nkosi or enough of the team's reaction of Nkosi to agree with him becoming the starting quarterback of this team. I didn't see a lot of amazing things out of Nkosi. Again, this is, this is the same Nkosi Perry that's still getting accused of not understanding a playbook. Doesn't have the knowledge to to do two play checks, doesn't have the ability to, for the most part, even repeat a play call that's coming into his ear. He needs to he needs to get in his playbook a little bit more, man. Like, I hope he's just not one of these guys that once he gets his opportunity, he thinks he's the, he's made it already. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm worried about that. And Jeff Thomas, although you did have one decent game, man, like I'm, I'm still waiting for you to kind of come out of the woodwork too, brother. I'm, I'm waiting on you to be the leader. I know you don't give a shit about what I'm saying for the most part. I think I think you need to understand that tweeting about, you know, you're doing this for a different reason and not for likes or whatever you tweeted out. I'm, that means that you are concerned and you do want the likes. Like I, I that's 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 what I don't follow. Like right there is just put your helmet on, put your shoulder pads on and go score some touchdowns, you know? If you're such a baller and you're with Kosi Perry all the time and that's your boy, go ahead and score some points, man. You know, just don't talk about it. Just be about it. You know, that's basically the way I feel about it. Corey Gaynor, same guys up front. You know, Navon, those clowns, DJ, all them cats. They 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 need to they need to really get the temperature gauge of this team. And this is going to be a nice little challenge going against the Yellow Jackets, man. They're going to be all up in their junk all day long. So I'm looking I'm looking for a nice little battle. To be perfectly honest, come high noon on Saturday. So um, aside from the fact that. We feel that Manny has secured the defensive attitude and the structure is kind of back in the building. Um, I feel the offensive line still needs to still needs to work hard on on getting better every single day, day in and day out. We need to not allow our quarterback to get banged up the way he's getting banged up throughout this season, the, the amount of hits. But a lot of that, like I said earlier, falls upon the quarterback calling the right play, coming in with the right personnel. Having running backs understanding where they're coming in to block and where they're not coming in to block. That's the one thing that I'm, I'm, I feel like where Dan Enos might be struggling. Everybody keeps talking about Dan Enos and his play calling, man. It's not, it's not Dan Enos. Trust me. It ain't the play calling, man. That's why you're seeing offensive linemen run one way and running backs run another way. Like it just, there, there's just a lack of ownership when it comes to screwing the hell up during, during a football game. Guys need to really look in the mirror. DJ talked about it too. Look in the damn mirror. Vilma said it. If you ain't that good, then get the hell out. Let somebody else give it a shot. Look in the mirror. Are you able to handle what is expected of you at the University of Miami? If you're not, bounce. Somebody else will try to figure it out for you. Just the mentality. A lot of mentality, a lot of accountability. The same stuff we're always preaching upon. Same things we keep arguing about all the time. 
A little side note, I'm not sure if you're aware of what's going on without the huddle, but we're doing a lot of new things too, man. We got the Sip and Discuss we got happening at Tank Brewery here locally in Doral, where I interview some pretty interesting human beings and sit down and have a couple pops, kind of dive into them as a person and their past and their upbringing. It's pretty cool. Um, I suggest anybody out there listening to, to Out the Huddle podcast, if you can get over to Tank Brewery Thursday nights, uh, third Thursday night of every single month, we're going to have some interesting people. I'm going to be obviously yipping a little bit about it. I'm going to be talking to some some really, really cool people. Uh, this one is, is going to be Tony Gonzalez, actually Joaquin Gonzalez's brother. Uh, I know Kane Community, you know who Joaquin is, but uh, but his brother is a lot more interesting. Trust me. Guy's doing movies with Leonardo DiCaprio, producing music, painting, writing poetry, owning multi-million dollar companies, startup companies, just real intriguing human beings. So if you are around, if you are around this Thursday night, please stop in the tank, man. 7.30, we're going to head and get after it a little bit, talk some... Uh, Talk about a lot of things, man. Some some wicked stuff going on. Wicked stuff going on in the world. And Dade Gate, Dade 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 Wear, Dade County Wear. Uh, you got that company as well. But uh, but yeah, Tony Gonzalez is a real interesting fellow, and I can't wait to talk to him as well. So um, if you are in the area, make sure you bring your ass on over to to Tank Brewery on Thursday night. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really really fun. So this weekend, high noon, Hard Rock Stadium. Your Miami Hurricanes are taking on Georgia Tech. So what I want to leave you off with right now is basically I want to see the same thing that we saw energy-wise on the sideline for the University of Miami this weekend. Fan base gave you something to cheer about a little bit. Let's go ahead and pay back a little bit of that favor. I want to see the fan base go kind of cuckoo out there. It's going to be a high noon game. Weather should be decent, probably better than what it was last weekend. So, man, get your tailgating stuff ready. Get your beers ready. Get your drinks ready. Kane's Cartel. Make sure your ass is out there as well. I know you will be. All these guys repping Kane's Cartel now, man. I don't don't act like I don't know what's going on either. You guys are badass. I love it. But but get on out there. Get to Hard Rock this weekend. High noon. Start your tailgate nice and early. Go ahead and have some breakfast if you want it as well. Um, nothing like a little beer of champions to go ahead and crank up what you did Friday night. Get it done early Saturday morning. But uh, but get ready to watch the Miami Hurricanes put on a show because I feel like this was the game that can make the University of Miami start turning things around. I, I think that the defense has kind of got bit in the ass a little bit now and, and Daddy came home to straighten the household. And, and offensively, I feel like hopefully that Jaron is feeling better. But at this point in time, we got we got a nice win from Nkosi Perry. So I wouldn't mind seeing him continue with what he started. Maybe, uh, maybe not be so protective when it comes to the play calling as well on Eno's side of things. Maybe maybe be able to explain, expand that playbook a little bit. Um, that, and we might need to get DJ Williams back in the goddamn locker room prior to the game to go ahead and give whatever kind of speech he gave to make the Miami Hurricanes look the way they did on Saturday or Friday night last week. So, so again, aside from the Tank Brewery thing we got going on, the Sip and Discuss, I want to thank you all for listening. I'm Brett Romberg. Right Side Media is in the house. And once again, it's always and always will be about the U. So I'll see your ass there this weekend as the Miami Hurricanes take on Georgia Tech.